In today's show, we're going to break down the action from Thursday's four games, look at waiver wire trends, and do whatever else we need to do. Michael Bolton, oh, injury updates, that's it. Mick. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's only four games on on Thursday. We're going to talk about all those. But there was quite a bit of injury news that we need to get to. So we might as well get to it, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, let's start with an injured point guard, and then let's go to another injured point guard, and then let's talk about another injured point guard, and then another injured point guard after that. It has not been a good time to be a point guard. Um, Damian Lillard is going to be reevaluated in one to two weeks. Damian Lillard is old, right? I know you don't think he is, but he's old. He's 33. Um, calf strains in older players tend to take a little bit longer, and they tend to be something that, can linger, which is a little bit worrying. And the fact that they were downplaying it so much yesterday, and there's like, well, now actually he's out one to two weeks, is not great. I would put that on at least, to me, one to two weeks is two to three weeks with a calf injury with someone Lillard's age. It's a little bit worrying. But as I've detailed on a few shows already today, over the next two weeks, the Blazers play seven games with two of those games being on days with nine or fewer games. So if you added Shaden Sharp, who could start, Nasir Little, who could start, Justice Winslow, who could start, you might literally use them two times, because I don't think they're going to be good enough to be your eighth or ninth best player. You might use them twice over a two-week period. And is that actually worth it? I don't know, especially considering it's not necessarily a clear beneficiary. It's not like we don't know for sure that Sharp will come in and play 35 minutes. He might play 26, and Winslow plays 30, and Little plays 22. And Keon Johnson gets 12. Right? Do I really want to use that? Pick up for tomorrow, then no game Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four games off, and then play Wednesday with a big volume day? I don't think that I do. Cole Anthony's injured. We don't have a timeline there. Of course, their backup point guard, their third string point guard, they're all out. Their top four guards are all out. I would drop Cole Anthony. The fact that he's out and you're probably going to have Fultz and Suggs come back before him and his upside's not that high anyway, I don't think he's worth holding. I don't know who's going to be back first between Fultz and Suggs, but Fultz has a higher upside, I believe. I think get grabbing those guys is worth it. They might be back on the weekend. Actually, not true. Probably back early next week, but we don't know. In the interim, I don't think RJ Hampton's an ad. They play an 11-game Friday. You're not going to use him. He literally played zero minutes last game. Kevon Harris... And Caleb Houston would prefer to him. I think they might put Harris in there. They might start Hampton, but he is not going to be orchestrating the offense. Paolo Bunkero is and Franz Wagner is. And then Boll will have the ball in his hands at some point. Um, yeah, Hampton will get some minutes, but I don't. is it going to be enough to be a 12-team league guy? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that it is. I think it's going to be a mishmash of those Harris, Houston, and Hampton minutes with the guys actually driving things being Franz and Paolo. Dylan Wright's out. Six to eight weeks with a hammy, that's not great. 
Obviously, he's a drop, and it boosts the value of Monte Morris. The backup point guard, it's probably going to be Barton and Avdia who handle the ball there. Because I don't think Johnny Davis is up. In fact, no, I know Johnny Davis is not up to it. So Monte Morris gets that reprieve. Garland is still out tomorrow. We thought he might be back Friday. He's still out. So Dean Wade and Chetty Osman get some value reprieve. Brandon Ingram's out for the next three games. So, hey, make sure Trey Murphy is on a roster. With Ingram out, Murphy's a must. He's already must roster, but with Ingram out, he's must roster. And the Pelicans have Zion and Herb and Alvarado and Daniels and CJ McCollum all listed questionable. Yikes. That's a lot of players. So you might be streaming in a Devontae Graham. Larry Nance's value is through the roof. So many guys potentially out. Probably another two to three weeks for Bruno Fernando. Shengun should return tomorrow, and we'll get an idea what they're going to do. Will they start Shengun? Will they start Jabari Smith at center with Tate at the four? How many minutes is Shengun? It's going to, their rotation's still a mess, and we'll get a better idea tomorrow. And then for the Spurs, Vassal and Primo are out again. So fire up your Josh Richardsons. Deeper leaks, you fire up your Dougie McDirt. A few extra minutes for Jeremy Sohan. There'll be extra minutes for Romeo Langford, who I'm not joking. He might be the worst player in the NBA, I reckon. He's so bad, so I wouldn't be worried about him. But it's an improvement in value for Trey Jones as well. So a ton of injury news that we had to get to there. Let's look at the waiver wire most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one is Trey Mann up 32%. And this happens with these guys who aren't particularly good. They'll have the one big game. And then we saw today, look, it was the right idea to add him. But he struggled. And the mantra, one of the many mantras of this podcast, if you don't know anything apart from score, and then you're generally not efficient, then your fantasy game is whack. Like, it's not great. And that's what Trey Mann is to me. And he he sort of showed it today. Bob Covington up 20%. Yeah, okay. Well, you, yep. Uh, nah. Get that garbage out of here! I get it. Kawhi was out and Morris was out, but... I just don't think so. Caleb Martin up 20%. Well, you missed out on his huge game on Wednesday, but he's a right move to add there. Jalen McDaniels. Now, he's been putting up some really strong performances, but again, the one thing to remember about Jalen, he's shooting 75% from three, and I'm 100% telling you, it's coming back. And he's averaging, what, like 10 points or something while shooting 75% from three? This is, A lot of these things are chasing. It's chasing performances. And I think that's a real... Uh, McDaniels, I really like him as a player. But when Martin and Rogier and Ball all return, he's not going to have long V. And they're all out, of course, for tomorrow. But also, he could have a night where he shoots one of nine from three and offers you, or, or one of four from three and offers nothing. Jalen Noel, I do like that. He's up 14%. He's been really strong, especially if Kyle Anderson remains out. Dennis Smith Jr., yeah, just keep rolling with him. Top 50 player. I, I don't think he's got any chance of maintaining top 100 when Rogier and Ball are back. But we're now we just roll with him. Kevin Herter up 8%. He was dropped a lot yesterday, added today, I guess because it's the low volume with the Kings to me. He's just a fringe 12-teamer anyway. And Bowl Bowl, just everyone else just finally grabbing on to him. I'm, I am not certain that he remains a 12-team league guy, but you have to grab him and then just ride with it. The block rate is still sky high and the field goal percentage is high. That's what's carrying everything that he's doing. And if it falls off, then the value falls off. But it's not, so who cares? It's going well. Most dropped players. The... Top dropped player was Walker Kessler down 22%. And now he's on the injury report as being questionable. He's played like eight and 11 minutes the last two games. His minutes are really tied to what happens to Jared Vanderbilt bar. And when they play against teams that are go smaller, he struggles a bit. He's still blocking shots at a really good rate. The rebound rate is not as high as we would have hoped. Yeah, there's just so many of these guys. It's him. It's um, Isaiah Jackson. It's Isaiah Hartenstein. It's Jalen Duran. It's Big Dick Nick Richards. All these guys that we're looking at as backup centers playing 20 minutes, 19 minutes and waiting for an opportunity, but I'm not sure that it's there. 
Terrence Ross down 20%. I reckon that number wouldn't have been as high if people had have seen the Cole Anthony news. But I don't really think much changes for Ross. The minutes were already there. He probably gets a couple of extra shots, but it's going to fluctuate his value. Um, Precious Achua down 16%. That was an easy drop with Scotty Barnes back. And then Alexei Pokashevsky down 14%, which in totality is the right move. When he was already playing today on Thursday on with a low volume day, I maybe would have waited one extra day and he turned out to have a really good performance. He's not a 12-team grab though. Jalen Duran down 10%. Um, I would I would have held him over Kessler, I think. Tari preseason down 10%. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be great for him anytime soon. Big Dick Nick Richards down 10%. As we said, if you can't get more than 20 minutes when you put up a literal perfect game, I don't know how you're going to supplant Mason Plumley any point soon. But he is again. But you can't hold all these guys. Duran and Kessler and Richards. You can't hold them all. You've got to sort of pick which one it's going to be. And it's going to vary game by game. Richards is okay to hold. But I do agree with dropping the big stiffy Bones Highland. There's just there's just nothing there. They're just not playing him. And even I, I know Porter and KCP are both questionable. Maybe that sparks something into him. But yeah, I dropped him today. I held him in a in the locked on fantasy basketball ball points league. I don't know why I still had him, but I dropped him. Yeah. Anyway. Price picks. It's daily fantasy, but it's easy. Instead of trying to put together a lineup with a salary cap, they just give you projections for individual stats. And you look at them and you go, Bones Highland. 10.5 points, over, under, and you pick it. Simple as that. You go Terrence Ross, over, under, 1.53s. I'll take over. Paulo Banquero, over, under, 20.5 points. Making these numbers up, by the way. I'll go over. And you get up to five of those, put them into a lineup, and if you win, you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. That is as simple as, as it can be. The lineup, it's under 60 seconds, you can get them done. And when your payouts come, safe and fast, easy withdrawals. These are available, price picks, at over thir- in over 30 US states and in Canada. But it's not just basketball. We can put basketball on us in, but we can put in our favorite sports as well, like disc golf, women's college basketball, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, esports, boxing, MMA, slug racing. That made that one up, but who knows? That's how broad the range of sports are that we have at price picks. So go download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com. To sign up and play daily fantasy sports, first-time users, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 you do with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, you get $100. If you deposit $50, you get $50. And guess what? If you deposit $25, they will also give you $25. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right. First game. Mavs beat the Nets. In overtime, 129-125. Let's... I haven't cracked this one out for a while. I don't even know if I've still got, got it on here. I don't think I do. Oh, do I? Yeah, I do. Luka Doncic. Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. 41-11-14 with three steals, 50% shooting, 85 from the line. But I know that so many of you will be like, well, that's a bad game, Josh. It's actually a terrible game. You had five turnovers. That's why I wouldn't draft him in the top 20 because of turnovers, mate. It's not a category. It's worth the same as everything else. I'm taking the piss, obviously. But he's unbelievable. He's carrying this team to a ridiculous... 44 usage. What on fucking earth is going on? He's doing everything on this team and they still can't stop him. Spencer Dinwiddie, by the way, terrible. Um, needs to pull his finger out. Doncic was incredible. 
Now, there are going to be nights where he's not as good as this. There are going to be nights where he does hurt your field goals or free throws, and he won't get three steals a night. And the turnovers, they're there. I know that. But it's another illustration of why I just I don't, don't care about turnovers. I don't care. Fantastic performance from Luca. He's the number one player in categories and points league so far. Dinwiddie was trash. 28 minutes, 11, 3, and 5. He took eight shots. And Tim Hardaway closed the game. 30 minutes for Timmy, 18 with four threes and two blocks. Forget the two blocks. I think Timmy is going to replace Spencer in the starting lineup at some point soon. That doesn't mean you need to grab Hardaway, but then he enters the pantheon of inconsistent shooting guards like Malik Beasley and Catavius Caldwell-Pope and Terrence Ross and insert whatever name of whatever shooting guard you want, becoming a streaming option there. We talked about what Christian Wood was doing and how it was unsustainable. Firstly, the free throw attempts, no chance. Then the next game, he shot 80% from the field, no chance. Usage, no chance. And then he goes out and has 11 and 6 with five shot attempts on an 18% usage um, and took four free throws. Right? I knew, we knew it was going to drop off. This was not ideal. He played actually pretty poorly in this game, I thought. Woody had five fouls as well. He'll be better than this, but not as good as what he was. I thought Josh Green was really good, but only 13 minutes. Ended up with a, a bit of an ankle injury, it appeared, and went to the bench. Uh, 10 points, three threes, and a, and a steal there, while uh, Finney Smith and Bullock continued to be pretty bad. 9-4-1 and one for Bullock in 42 minutes with two steals and a block. They've got the back-to-back, the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back, so you can hold through that. And Finney Smith, 6-3-1 and one on 29%. Now, I'm telling you, Dorian Finney Smith is going to be better than this, and he's worth holding for the back-to-back on the weekend. That is it. But he is not, I repeat, not, a must-roster 12-team league player. He'll be better than this, but there's no point having him. How about Kyrie Irving? 39-7-4, three steals, four blocks, five triples. What the hell? That's a 6 by 3 It's almost a 6 by 4 That is a crazy line. Irving is like... He was a guy that I was yeah, starting to debate taking in the first round. I had him at like 13, maybe, I think, when things all things were said and done. Or maybe maybe it was... Yeah, 13, I think, him and Lamella around that area, ahead of Towns. Did I, no, I think I had him maybe after Towns. Anyway... Um, but holy shit, he's been great. Durant, 37-3-5, two steals and a block, just doing what he does. And let's talk about Ben Simmons. I can't talk about Ben Simmons without talking about Nick Claxton, so we'll do that together. Simmons, 37 minutes, Claxo, 29. Two games in a row with Simmons minutes up, Claxton's come down. Can't really play him together. Simmons got subbed out after about three minutes in this game and then came in as the backup center. 7-8-4 with three steals. He's definitely not right, Simmons, and I don't think he's ever going to get back to being the player he was. But the numbers are starting to get a little bit better. Not not quite there. And he was aggressive early on with a couple of shots. that didn't necessarily go in, but he was aggressive. And he looked a little bit better. He's still not great, though. But the impact there is on Claxton, who stunk. 7-6, and six, no blocks, 43 from the field, and 25 from the line. Claxton's first couple of games were great. And do you know now he's outside the top 135? Still got to hold on to him. But... Something, you know, that Simmons-Claxton pairing, we had a lot of concerns with it in the preseason. Can they play two non-shooters together? I guess the answer is no, they can't. Like, it's just not happening. And they're prioritizing Simmons. They closed the game with Yuta Watanabe in there, who's a pretty decent player. But this rotation was pretty whack without Curry, without Harris, without Morris. Oh, interestingly, Cam Thomas, who people seem to love, didn't play. They played Sumner and um, old mate David Duke ahead of him. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. And Paddy Mills, who, unfortunately, I'm, I'm afraid to say, I think he's cooked at NBA level. Um, Royce O'Neal. This is why I'm not a big Royce O'Neal guy. 41 minutes, 10, 7, and 2. Two threes, 36% shooting. He was averaging two steals and two blocks. And it was never going to stick. He had one steal and zero blocks here. That's two games in a row that he's gone blockless. 
And now this guy who was moonlighting, masquerading, in t- what's, what's the word I'm trying to say? Imitating a top 50 player is the 106th ranked player. Like this is always the way it was going to happen. And this is without Curry and Harris, who I think at some point are going to have to cut into some of his minutes. So he is fine to hold. You can still hold him now if you want. But what he was doing was 100% unsustainable. And we're starting to see that this stuff is not that hard to see, but you've got to be, you've got to make sure you're not blind to the current production that's going on and working out, hey, is this actually real? And sometimes I'll say something's not real and it ends up being real and I look like a dickhead, right? But the majority of the time, we can sort of understand where that stuff's going. And I think that's exactly what's happening with Big Royce, the Basmati man. I want my Royce cooked nicely. Oh, I've lost my mind. So it's the end of a week. Game two. Thunder. Thunder for the plane. They beat the Clippers 118-110. The Clippers rotation continues to be an absolute mess. Yes, there was no Kawhi or Marcus Morris, and they will come back at some point soon, hopefully. Looks like Morris might be back for the next game. But in this one, Reggie Jackson, who'd been doing, I don't know, sweet FA prior to this game, played 37 minutes. He had 18, 2, and 4. But this is a Reggie Jackson game where we'll look at it and go, okay, well, this is the 238th ranked player this season. I don't think he's going to sniff the top 150. And look at it and go, okay, how real is it? 18 points, 62% shooting. Well, there you go. Immediately, that's not going to continue. 37 minutes, zero chance. He was a minus 17. He had a usage of 15. And he had two rebounds and four assists. Like, what's holding up the value? The answer is nothing. Don't get sucked in. Better game from Storm and Norman. And we knew that at some point the shooting would come up. 21 points, 60% shooting. But I think you know what I'm going to say. He does nothing else. Three rebounds, two assists. And this is, again, with two rotation players out. I don't think Powell's necessarily a must-hold 12-team league guy. Um, the Ivica Zubats minutes dance, I don't know what to talk about. Like, I, I, don't know what to, I don't know how to judge it. 34 minutes, 12 and 18 with a block. He might play 21 next game. Yes, it does help that Morris and Kawhi are out, and he is a 12-team league guy. But this block's rolling as one of the biggest sell highs you'll ever see. 36th ranked player this season, around that mark. Johnny Wall, still only 21 minutes. Now, 17, 4, and 6 is good. Percentages were good. 32 usage is solid. He's still not a top 200 player this year. And I'm not really sure that with everyone around that he's ever going to push into a must-roster scenario. But he's rostered basically everywhere. And I'm not sure that's right. Paul George was clearly not right. He was ill. 31 minutes, 10, 7, and 3. Didn't hit a 3. He just wasn't right. Only played 31 minutes and honestly probably shouldn't have played. And uh, Ty Lu said that after the game, said like he wasn't right. And that was pretty clear. Terrence Mann played 21 minutes at the start. The Duck played 10 minutes. Luke Kennard in 17 minutes. Luke Kennard, honestly, he needs to play. He's really good. And there's just not enough minutes available for him. And Bob Covington had three and four in 15 minutes. I did it before. I'm going to do it again. Let's jack him off. Get that garbage out of here. See you later. I don't think there's any point in holding Bob Covington in 10-team leagues for sure and in 12-team leagues. He's a streamer for defensive stats. I know that the conspiracy theorists and the tankers were all out in force when Shea Gildas-Alexander didn't start the second half. He played 34 minutes. He had 24, 5, and 6 with three steals and two threes on 44% shooting, and he's the number two ranked player this season still. He had four fouls in the first half, and he got one of those about 30 seconds, I think, before halftime. So they just sat him to begin the second half. It was fine. Um, Talked about Poku earlier. 26 minutes, 15 and 6 with three threes. That's great. He played like 14 minutes in each of the previous two games, and there's no reliability there, so I don't care. And Lou Dort was back after a shocking game. He had a good one. No, 
My son is also named Bort. 21 points on 60% with four assists and two steals. I do not buy Lou Dort as a 12-team must roster. Points leagues, probably. Category leagues, you just, you're better off getting seven games out of that spot for a streaming spot, I think. Baisley, 9-9 nine and nine is good. Three blocks is good. He blocked a corner three. I think he's blocking three-point shots in every game. He's insane like that, but everything else is bad and I don't, would, I don't care. And I talked about Trey Mann earlier as well. He had some uh, struggles. 14 points with four threes is not bad, but 42%, 12 attempts, and then three rebounds, three assists, and two steals. And once Giddy returns, and then once the Bronco Jalen Williams is back, Broncos country, let's ride. There's not really going to be any point in Trey Mann. He's a short-term streamer that literally might end after today. You can hold him to see what happens with Giddy, but that's it. And um, they started Robinson Earl. And look, these guys, Robinson Earl and Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala and Aaron Wiggins, the minutes are all over the shop. Robinson Earl played 15 minutes in this one. Uh, Jeng played 13. I think he got 20 last game. Muscala played 12. Wiggins played 35 and had 11 and 6 with three threes. But I'm just, I don't, I don't, don't care. I don't care for these guys in 10 or 12 or even 14 team leagues. You can stream them, but even then it's a dartboard. You chuck a dart at a name and who knows if it's going to hit. Who knows which guy it's going to be. Dagnot doesn't care. He just mixes and matches rotations depending on how things are going, which is totally fine. I understand that. He just beat the Clippers twice in a row. He's a really bloody good coach. He beat the Clippers twice in a row with Aaron Wiggins and Kenrich Williams playing minutes. Like He's a really good coach. And the players, there's no delineation in the ability or egos of this players. He doesn't care. Put out whoever I need to that makes the most sense at the time. It's shit for us. And this team... And the, and the Pacers and the Clippers are going to be the biggest headaches, I reckon, in terms of being able to project stuff for fantasy basketball this season. All right, let's go on to the next one. The Warriors beat the Heat 123-110. The final score, huge game from Jim Butler. Because he's my butler. Huge game from Bam Adebayo. Bam, 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 bam. Pretty good game from Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up. On a Thursday afternoon. Butler had 27, 6, and 8. And his steals had been down to start this season. And then he had six of them. The Warriors were pretty careless with the ball. But Butler does this. He's going to get steals. We know this. This is what's going to push his ranking up and down. And it was always going to come back up. Bam, on the other hand, you don't really ever get many three-block games from Bam. He had 26 and 8 with four steals and three blocks. He'd been outside the top 80 before today. He was always going to come back. I don't think into the top 20, but top 30 is reasonable. And this is a good way to get there. While Kyle Lowry, again, all the panic out there, this game will probably put him back into the top 100. 12, 5, and 8, 3 steals, 40%. There's still scope for him to improve from here. The Winter Soldier did his thing. Max Strews, 14 points with three threes. He's on the fringe. He's in that group of, as Obi wants to leave, in that group of shooting guards who, if you need your 10 to 13 points and two to three threes, as we say, you can get threes everywhere. There's a bunch of them on the waiver wire. I do think that... Where are you going, Obi? Oh, see you later. All right, he's off. Um, I do think that you're going to be able to get like... You know, when, sorry, when Oladipo returns, it is going to have an impact somewhat on Struce's minutes. Maybe take two to three off the top there. Speaking of taking it off the top, and I don't know why... It doesn't actually transition, but who cares? Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah. 32 minutes for Tyler Hero. Seven points. Four rebounds and two assists. He was flying. He was like top 30, and it was always going to regress, and the last two games have been a disaster. I don't know if that turns him into a buy low, but in the past, when Kyle, Kyle Larry, when Tyler Hero has started and had to share the ball with Butler and Bam, he struggled. Last season, playing in the bench unit, he killed it. And then this year, the first couple of games, his usage was through the roof, and then it's really coming back down, isn't it? 19% usage here, 25% shooting. 
Um, he's going to settle back towards that 80 zone, I would guess. Yeah, I'd guess probably 80 zone, but there's going to be, obviously, um, fluctuations in his performance. Um, Duncan Robinson, yeah, man, man, how much has that bloke fallen off? Well, Caleb Martin, I talked about it earlier, the show that people were chasing. Now, it's, it's a fine ad with so few games on, but 8-1-1. One, one. He is a fringe back-end 12-team league guy. We know the role is secure. It's 29 minutes a game, basically every single game. I think Struess actually closed this game over him. There'll be good games from Caleb Martin, and there'll be games like this. And it's fine. Is there any upside? Not really. I don't think there's really any upside whatsoever. But he'll chug along. He'll get his 29 minutes. He'll probably finish. He's like Dorian Finney-Smith from last year. Dorian Finney-Smith this year is obviously bad. But he's like that. He'll finish the 130th best player, and he just won't ever rise to any sort of gigantic heights, I think. For the Warriors, Steph was brilliant. 33-7-9 and in Wigo. This is a Wiggins line that I like. 18-10, and 10, he tries now for rebounds. A steal, a block. 100% from line, 50 from the field. He's been really good. I think he's going to regress from where he is, which is top 25. But this is relatively sustainable. Um, Clay Thompson, like he sucks at the moment. And I think he's only going to play one game on the weekend. He had 19 points. So you look at that and go, okay, five threes, all right. 32% shooting, two rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks. I am not certain Clay Thompson is a top 100 player this season. I wouldn't drop him, but I'm not sure he's going to be that guy. Well, Draymond had 10, 7, and 4 with not much else. A rough night there. Um, in terms of Jim Wiseman, if I find the thing, I just hold him for the back-to-back. That's it. 14 minutes, 10, and 6. He's 195th this season. He's not worth a hold in 12-team leagues outside of the fact of the schedule is really good for the Warriors this week. While Jordan Poole, 21 minutes? I know he hasn't been getting 30, but 21 minutes. 11 points, 7 assists. He shot 57%, but usage at 19. I was worried about Poole. I said, eh, we'll see. Big numbers without Clay. Big numbers without Steph. Middling numbers when they both played. And thought, oh, you know, they'll, they'll pass the ball to him. They'll rest those guys. They'll give him an opportunity. Nah, they just haven't. And he's not a top 100 player. He's not a top 120 player this season. I'm reassessing um, where I see Pool rest of the year. He still is a 12-team league guy, and there are going to be bigger nights than this, but he just cannot get anything going. Kaminga out of the rotation entirely, and that's fine. He's not actually very good at basketball at this point. He's great if you're looking for a guy who's like a one-on-one player who flares with athleticism. But in terms of team basketball, he doesn't work with these, these guys. And I don't think Ty Jerome is a particularly good player. But you know, when someone like um, DiVincenzo returns, there's no reason for Kaminga, and especially him and Wiseman, terrible pairing, I think. And Kerr, Kerr has made that decision. I know a lot of Warriors fans are upset at that. I don't see the star potential in Kaminga um, that maybe some others do. And then we go to the last game of the night. The Sacramento Kings remain winless as the Grizzlies beat them 125-110. If you're a Kings fan, I'm probably going to be a bit harsh on them. Just just a, a heads up. Des Bain, remember those couple of slow games? Well, he's blowing up. 31 points, 6 triples, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 61%. He's probably not going to be this good every game, but he's killing it. And I love the fact that he's getting this usage. And old mate Dylan Brooks is seeding usage. That's great. 11 points for Brooksy in 26 minutes with three threes. Not much else. Dylan Brooks does not need to be on the 12-team roster. Points leagues, maybe. Category leagues, not really. 
Um, Brandon Clark, finally a good game. 23 minutes, 16, 3 and 3, two steals and a block. We love that. It was helped by the fact that Stephen Adams got hit in the dick and had to go to the locker room for a bit. So Adams ended with only 24 minutes, so Clark played more. So I wouldn't overreact to this Clark game. Santi Aldama, I also wouldn't overreact negatively to Santi Aldama. He played 30 minutes still, only four points. Yes, that's really bad. But he had three steals and two blocks. He had two rebounds only as well. Look, that's not great. But I still think we have to keep holding him. I don't think that Aldama is going to maintain long-term value, but we hold him for now. Jamarant wasn't at his best. 31 minutes, I believe. I saw somewhere that maybe he was sick. I don't know. Anyway, 22-5-6, and 6, 44 from the field, 31 usage. Just still pretty bloody good for a guy that wasn't, he definitely wasn't at his best. While with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lil John Conchar out. Tyus Jones played 24 minutes, 14, 2, and 5. He's been pretty strong, Tyus Jones, for at least those 14 to 16 team leagues. Also, old mate Jake LaRavia, 30 minutes. That's also because Conchar's out. 13 and 9 with three threes on 83%. Don't overreact to it. Don't look too much into it. But I think is going to be a pretty good player. For the Kings. All right. The Kings. Let's start with what I told you would happen. You go through all preseason. You start KZ Okpala. You start him at the beginning of the season when everybody, literally everybody with eyes knows that this guy is not worth starting. And then you take him not only out of the starting lineup, finally, but you take him out of the rotation entirely. And you play 13 guys. He's the 13th player who plays 30 seconds at the end of the game. Why does this happen? Who are these coaches fooling? Oh, we need to set the defensive tone. Like Mike Brown, stop it. Stop it. You're winless. You're you're a bad team with a bad organization. And I feel really bad for the Kings fans. I feel bad for them. It's stupid coaching. It was as obvious as anything that this was going to happen. So why did we delay it? I'm not saying that's the cause for the losses. It might not have anything to do with it. But the fact that he went through all of preseason with this charade of playing Keegan Murray off the bench and starting Okpala and then takes three games for something I could have told you four years ago before Okpala was even in the league, that it's not going to work out. It happens every year with some dumb coach who tries to think that they're ahead of the game. And it just never works. Never. Never works. He remains good. 27-6-2, De'Aaron Fox with a steal and a block. While Sabonis, slow start. Almost fat-faced Ray Felton did with 11-10-9. Only 17 usage and 6 shots. It's been a very rough start. And I'd say he's a buy low, but I'm not sure how low the buy is. 31 minutes. And as I said on multiple shows this week, offensively, he's a weird fit. Defensively, he's a horrendous fit. So if it's not working, they're just not going to play him as much as what maybe you think he should. 39 minutes for Keegan Murray, 18 and 7. One steal, no assists. Like, he's fine. But as I again said with him, how is he going to sit when, when he's dominating in Summer League as the number one option? Where does he bring the extra value when he's the third or fourth offensive option? And he's been totally good. Totally good. Not blowing us away but totally good in his must-roster player. 39 minutes is a lot. Oh, we're back. Harrison Barnes, the pencil. Try to stuff that all up. It's the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 20 points, three rebounds, three assists. But if you add him after this, you know what you're doing? You're chasing. You're chasing production. He's not worth it. He will have these games. He was always going to be better than what he was doing prior to this, but he's not going to be a top 100, 110, 120 player. So I wouldn't... Add him if you want, right? I have no problem, especially, I think they've got a, I think they play on Saturday. They do play on Saturday with a low volume game. So add him, use him in that game, all right? That, that is totally fine. But don't look at this as a resurgence. 
I am really interested in what's happening with Malik Monk. 15, 2, and 7, 22 minutes. He probably needs 27 to be a 12-team league guy. I'd add him in 14s. But that's two really good games in a row. Fan of Pants did struggle with a rest. Kevin Hurt, with wrist, sorry, wrist there. That's why he played only 19 minutes. That did help Monk. Um, but that situation's one to watch. Herter is not a must-roster 12-team league guy. He's fine to roster, but he's not must. Monk isn't either. And I th- maybe that changes. Maybe it changes. Davion Mitchell, I yeah, I don't think he's particularly good personally. And I another one of those draft picks that I just hated when it was made last season. And yeah, obviously you don't hold on to him in uh, any 12-team formats. They played like eight minutes of Rashawn Holmes, 14 minutes of Chemezi Metu, 11 minutes of Terrence Davis, three minutes of Alex Lynn for God knows what reason, six minutes of Chima Maniki. They just went, I want him to win a game. I, I do want them to win. I feel bad for the Kings fans, but that organization and that ownership, and I think their GM's terrible as well, um, this, is what, this is what you get. They got the Heat on Saturday, and they got the Hornets on Monday. Maybe you were going to win in one of those two, but yeah, pretty uh, pretty rough stuff here to start the season for the Sacramento Kings. Now we go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night does go to Kyrie Irving with his huge performance. The waiver wire line of the night is Malik Monk. Not sure that Monk is an ad yet, but yeah, good game on Saturday, opportunity. Young gun of the night, Jake LaRavia. We're just watching that. And the dud of the night is Nick Claxton. Hold on. Top 10 players of the day for category leagues. Number one was Kyrie, then Butler, Doncic, Curry, Durant, Adebayo, Bain, Fox, Andrew Wiggins, and Shea Goodis-Alexander. Your top 10 players rostered in less than 50% of leagues. One was Monk. We just talked about that. Two was LaRavia. Three was Pokiszewski. Not biting. Four was Baisley. No. Five, Tim Hardaway. Maybe. Definitely for 14s. Six, Reggie Jackson. 14s as well. Seven, Aaron Wiggins. I like it in 14s. Eight, Harrison Barnes. Well, mm, the, the reason that I wasn't interested in drafting him or was dropping him wasn't because of the poor performance to begin the year. because I just wasn't interested to start the season. So a good game here after three bad ones doesn't change my mind. So you can, and so I'm not going to fault you, especially for the game on Saturday as a streamer, but that's about it. Nine, the Oklahoma City Mudflap, Kenrich Williams. And number 10 was Nico Batum. Top 10 players in points leagues was Doncic, Kyrie, Butler, Curry, Durant, Adebayo, Gildas Alexander, Bain, Fox, and if it's Zubats. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. Please subscribe. Please ring my bell. Please thumb me up the middle and drop those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.